0: No one's better than me. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Yeah. Welcome to the Thursday, July 30th edition of Locked on Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com. Thanks in large part to the Dolphins' struggles for the past 10 years, 15 years. My impressionable years have been focused on how can the Dolphins get better? I better start paying attention to the NFL draft. And uh, Brian Flores spoke with the South Florida media yesterday via Zoom, answered a slew of questions regarding to Valoa, and the Dolphins' training facilities, and COVID-19, and the challenges that this team is expected to face. And he answered everything in very Brian Flores-y type fashion. If you've listened to any Brian Flores press conference throughout the course of his tenure since he was introduced uh, in the early months of 2019, not necessarily anything that's going to catch you off guard, but also at the very same time, pretty candid, which you can appreciate, uh, some transparency and just stating it as it is, and, and that's one of the things about Brian Flores that I most appreciate and is most endearing to me as somebody who covers the team and uh, somebody who's not on the inside and, and has a personal relationship with Brian, but rather kind of sees how he operates from afar. And that's where we're going to start today, but we got some other good stuff to get into as well. But well, we got to start with this Brian Flores press availability yesterday. Brian Flores met with the South Florida media via Zoom yesterday discussing several key storylines as the Dolphins begin to welcome their team back to Davey for the start of training camp. One of the questions asked was regarding how the Dolphins are charging Tua Tungvaloa with approaching his challenge to Ryan Fitzpatrick's starting quarterback position. Brian Flores had the following to say, We're going to ask Tua to do the same as we're going to ask every other player to come in every day. Having gone through the install from the night before, mentally prepared to go out there and practice, physically prepared to go out there and practice, and try and improve every day. That's all I can ask from the players. Try to take it one day at a time and take the meetings to the walkthrough, the walkthrough into individual periods, and the individual periods into the group periods. I know there's a lot of people that want to talk about Tua, and I understand it, but at the same time, he's a young player, and this is his first training camp anyone who's listened to Brian Flores throughout the course of his tenure as the Miami Dolphins head coach should not be surprised to hear this mentality from Brian Flores. Although it was interesting to hear him state that at training camp, every position on the team, including the starter quarterback position, is an open competition. Brian Flores is a very process-oriented individual. He likes to focus on the small things that lead to the big-picture outcome that everybody is working towards. And hearing him talk about that process with Tua while also trying to keep people in the frame of mind that this is just a cog on the team and not putting too much expectation or pressure on Tua Tungvalu as a rookie quarterback amidst everything else that's going on right now is going to be helpful for Tua. And Brian Flores having that context is important. It's also important, some of the other things that Brian Flores spoke about, mainly the efforts that the Dolphins have made regarding getting preparations in place for training camp and the changes at the facility in Davie. Ironically enough, this is the last year the Dolphins will be in Davie. They are opening a new team facility that's scheduled to be open on time for training camp next year in Miami Gardens, right across from the actual stadium at Hard Rock. So the Dolphins, some renovations amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and here's what Brian Flores had to say about the changes that we've seen uh, to help keep the Dolphins' facility and players safe. There's been a lot of changes. We've created a new locker room. We've got plexiglass between every locker. Obviously, wearing masks and distancing and hand sanitizers are everywhere. It's a lot of what you heard. Obviously, there's guidelines and protocols and the emergency response plan that we had to put in place, but I would say to me, it's the locker room that's the biggest adjustment having to move guys into a different space, but we're going to do what we have to do. We've made changes to the weight room as well and had to basically create a new weight room. There are adjustments we've had to make. We have made them. So far, there haven't been any issues. Hopefully, we continue to get on the road we're going. The Dolphins and the entire NFL are facing a very weird year, and Brian Flores uh, acknowledged that no one has gone through what... This year's NFL players will have gone through as it pertains to playing professional football. And uh, it's kind of the ultimate wild card. And and Brian Flores stated during his press availability yesterday that a lot of the responsibility for making sure that things go smoothly is on the individual players. There's individual responsibility and accountability that has to be in place for the players to protect their families, protect themselves, protect their teammates, protect their coaches. And Brian Flores being a coach that has had such success with being a quote unquote players coach and having such a positive net relationship with so many of his players, I think is going to help him keep that focus and keep this team focused. And it will be interesting to see if the Dolphins do incur any personnel losses due to opt outs amid the COVID-19 pandemic. We have seen some teams have gotten slammed already, the New England Patriots, but the Dolphins to date have not had a single reported opt-out. We'll see if that changes, and regardless if it does or does not, Brian Flores is going to have the players who are in the locker room to play this year ready to play some football.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Of course, the biggest thing Brian Flores discussed yesterday was one very simple statement, and that it's Tua Tagovailoa will practice without limitations when the Dolphins get on the practice field. This was a monumental acknowledgement by Flores because Tua himself has said he's ready to go, and you know Tua's therapist and trainer and agent have all said he's going to be ready to go but don't you think each one of those people has a vested interest in in saying the right things about Tua because they work hand in hand with Tua to hear it from granted another person who's going to work hand in hand with Tua in Brian Flores but hearing it from the coach of the team carries a different weight and it was a matter of fact to a passed past his physical, he is not on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list, and he will practice without limitation once Dolphins practices resume. Point blank. Period. So, us as Dolphins fans, let us begin. There's been a big pushback against this, and and I think I saw it from the Miami Herald recently. The red shirt thing, it ain't gonna happen. And they're absolutely right. Uh, If he is entering training camp fully cleared with no limitations, game on. Because if he passes his physical and he has been granted work with no limitations, that was the only reason why we might handle Tua with care, is if well, you know, the, the hips probably 90%, but that bone needs more time to heal. None of that none of that exists anymore. Because you don't get from NFL team doctors, you don't get cleared for practice no restrictions if you need time for a bone to heal. He's back and he's ready to go. And we as fans now need to shift our mentality. And apply what Brian Flores said about Tua, the one-day-at-a-time thing, to start looking at what the dynamics look like for Tua challenging for the starting job behind center week one. It's, get, it's starting to get real to hear those words come out of Brian Flores' mouth, that this quarterback competition, he's, he said everything's competition in training camp. And he, he very matter-of-factly said what Tua needs to do. He needs to pick up the install. He needs to execute the install. And that's the key. If Tua is going to beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has to execute this offense at a high level, at as high of a level as a quarterback who's entering year, what, 16? Has played for a third of the teams in the league almost? Has played with this offensive coordinator as a starting Quarterback for five seasons. But if Tua comes in and he does execute as high as Ryan Fitzpatrick amid the COVID pandemic, the restrictions that have been in place for getting Tua on the field to this point for install. Amid all of the extra rehabilitation work that Tua has had to do, amid the lack of experience that he has at the professional level, if Tua operates at an equal level to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the tie goes to the guy that you picked number five overall. You know exactly what you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick, for better and for worse. First two games of the year last year, we saw it for worse. The last nine games of the year last year, we saw it for better. But that is the life cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do I expect Tua to do that? No. That is a very tough ask to expect a rookie quarterback to show a mastery of an offense that he's never been in versus a 15 plus year vet who's had this offense, who's been in this exact offense for five plus years. But if he does. It's game on for Tua. It's going to happen. Should we be scared? No. We shouldn't be scared. Should we be anxious? Yes. I think there's a big difference between those two things. Because say what you will about Tua and the injuries that he has endured. The ankle stuff, he had the, the procedures. They were elective procedures to reduce his risk of further injury and to increase his recovery time frame and prevent future issues with the same injury. He's had them both done. Both his ankles have been tightrope now, right? And he had both ankles done in successive years. And within two weeks, he was starting football games. Was he as crisp? No. Let's be honest. He wasn't. When he came back against LSU, it was a game that I had the pleasure and opportunity to be at to watch that football game live, LSU at Alabama last year. You could tell there was a little bit of a lag in his feet. But nevertheless, his footwork was still crisp. He still showed good maneuverability within the pocket. And that gets into some of the limitations that Tua has in general as a player. Opening possession for Alabama, they're going down the field, Tua tucks it and runs, and just go- goes to tuck the football away and fumbles it, and it's a turnover. And it's a backbreaking early turnover on the opening drive for Alabama. Tua's not a runner. Tua's never going to be a runner. I don't care that Alabama used him as a freshman against Georgia, and they they brought him in in the second half, and they're running QB sweep. That's not his game. He is a within-the-pocket winner. Now, he's slippery within the pocket. And his short area quickness and his instinct to break that first rusher's angle, especially off the edge, blitzers and pressures off the edge, he's highly proficient at. And that kind of comes back to the style of play that we have to have as an offense, especially this year with potentially two rookie offensive tackles. We're going to have to lean on the ground game. We're going to have to lean heavy on RPOs. And when we do drop back passing, that ball has to be out on time. So that's why we come back to what I just got done saying. If the execution is there and the ball is out as quickly as it needs to be, you're going to mitigate the pass rush issues. And two is going to play. If he's slow... He's probably not going to play. And I think back to throughout the course of what we've been doing over the draft network uh, with the scouting staff. We've been studying all 32 quarterback rooms. So we have four or five scouts on staff. And I had the NFC East. So I had a chance to watch Dwayne Haskins. And I had a chance to watch Daniel Jones. Throughout the course of this week, I've studied both of those players, rookies from 2019, top 15, 16 picks, whatever Haskins ended up being, and I had a chance to see them both in action, uh, the a majority of their seasons, and the dynamics and difference between Jones and Haskins from a decision making perspective and a process perspective was pretty eye opening, and it's it served for me as a good barometer for if his decision-making, even if the decision-making is bad, but if the decision-making process is as quick as what it was with Daniel Jones, you're going to get trapped, you're going to throw some dumb balls, you're going to kick yourself, you'll have some turnover-worthy plays, but you'll play. Dwayne Haskins was a pleasant surprise for me, but his kind of issues are not the kind of issues that Tua could endure and survive for a full season. When I watched Dwayne Haskins last from last year, throughout the course of my studies this week, his process was slow. He took a lot of sacks. He did not put the ball in danger beyond his first appearance. So the first appearance that he had was against the New York Giants. And Haskins threw three picks in that game, one of which hit a guy right in the face, one of his own guys right in the face, and was, was tipped up in the air and intercepted. So not necessarily his fault, but three interceptions, and he should have thrown three more. But if you look at the starts that he had, he started seven games. And he only had a handful, four or five turnover-worthy plays over the course of those seven games. He took care of the football, but his process was slow. And what he ended up doing is he ate a lot of sacks as a result. Now, Daniel Jones was sacked a fair amount, too. But it's neither here nor there. Their their kind of play philosophy got away from what their strength was as a football team, trying to pass the ball a whole bunch. Ryan Tannehill syndrome.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: If Tua is going to play, he's got to play fast. Because if he plays slow behind this offensive line, then we're going to start to see the hits add up. And then we go from being anxious to see the number five pick playing to scared about the number five pick playing. And that's the point we don't want to reach. So that's just going to come down to the coaching staff. And another perfect example is what we saw last year with Josh Rosen. Rosen played slow. You go back, you watch the Cowboys game was probably his best performance, to be completely honest, despite what the stats would say. The first game was his best game, and when he came in 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 mop-up duty and blowouts against Baltimore and New England, the New England game, he threw a couple dimes down the sideline, but as he got further in and as he had to handle more of the offense, his process really slowed down. The Chargers game was a great example uh, some critical errors, holding the ball too long, taking pressures, allowing coverage to close in on guys, all that same stuff that I just got done saying with Haskins. It was very relevant with Josh Rosen. Tua, one of the criticisms about Tua as a player last year at Alabama, he was too much of a point guard. You know, so, so much of what he did was just dispersing the ball quick and letting guys create after the catch. Okay, well, if he does that and if he plays like that, I can talk myself into the idea of him playing early on. Would I rather play it safe? Yeah, sure. But at the same time, we just got done being told by Brian Flores, and this is the bit of information that I haven't had for the last couple months. So people are going to hear me, and I'm kind of changing my tone and readiness, and I think I said this two or three weeks ago as well, that I was starting to kind of shift and say, well, if Tua executes, you know, I can get behind it. We now know there's no restrictions on Tua Tonga. Now it's the best man's going to play. Do I think it'll be Tua? I have no idea. Fitzpatrick has every possible variable in his corner. Experience, experience with Chan Gailey. Having gone through NFL off seasons before, having played at the NFL level before. But Tua is deemed and regarded as special. And because of that, I'm not prepared to say who is going to perform as well in training camp. But if it's a tie, I'm going with the young guy. And I am going with Tua. Because I know now, medically speaking, it's full systems go. Full systems go for one more show this week here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, kind of reacting to a lot of what Brian Flores had to say regarding the Dolphins during his media availability yesterday. We had Dolphins report for the first time on Tuesday, the full team for COVID testing. Believe the expectation is we're going to get one more day of COVID testing this past week. We had seen Benito Jones, the UDFA from Ole Miss, the defensive tackle, was placed on the reserve COVID list along with Cordrea Tankersley and rookie long snapper Blake Ferguson earlier this week. That doesn't mean they've tested positive for COVID. It just means they they either tested positive or or they were in close contact with somebody who has. But Benito has already been removed from the reserve COVID list. So that's a nice little bonus for the Dolphins as far as an activation goes as well. And we're going to have plenty to talk about tomorrow. I had some power to the pod questions from Tuesday that I didn't get a chance to dig into. I saw your questions. I plan to tackle your questions. I'm looking forward to tackling your questions. So make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening and I hope to see you guys again tomorrow and Friday.